Welcome back to Gal on the Go Unplugged. My guest today is Brianna Bamer. Brianna is an accomplished chief executive officer, a member of the board of directors for Startup Colorado, and a business entrepreneur instructor at the University of Colorado Boulder. On the athletic front, Brianna is a former Division I runner and current elite level runner and triathlete. At the 2021 California International Marathon, Brianna set a master's record and ran an Olympic trials qualifying time at 2.33. Hi, Brianna. Hi. <laughs> that sounded wonderful how you said that. I loved it. <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on Unplugged. Um, you know, you have a, a very intriguing story. So uh, let's get this going for our listeners. And I hate to do it, but I have got a big question to start off with here. <laughs> I love it. Start <gasps> nothing, with the big one. <laughs> yeah, nothing like getting right into it. <laughs> yes. So, okay, you were with a company. You gave your heart and soul to them for six years. And they abruptly let you and all of the staff go because they sold the company. Um, you know, not cool. Given the current state of mass layoffs, though, like, would you please share your experience and what it's been like blending your entrepreneurship life with your personal athletic pursuits? Absolutely. It's a great question. I mean, I I've been an athlete my entire life, but I kind of stumbled upon business um, out of college and it it kind of immediately became this dual thing for me where I felt like business and building businesses and seeing what I could do with you know my skills to help others was just a natural fit. And so I didn't want to always I, I, I loved running. I didn't always want it to be like a, the main focus of my hobbies per se. And so when I started in the entrepreneurship type space, I found it to be kind of like, this is something that feels like a hobby, but also is like life, you know? And so I was really, I was definitely, I stumbled into it. Um, but the first thing I learned is it is truly a roller coaster. So what happened to me recently is not necessarily unheard of, right? I mean, entrepreneurship, small business, um, you know, the stat that's kind of almost cliche is like nine out of 10 fail. Um, and so you kind of sign up for it. And it's kind of like athletic life, right? You you put in a lot of work, but there's no guarantee that you're going to hit the time. Um, your body could fail you. You, you know, you could, I don't know, just have, you know, something random bad luck on, on race day or the weather could be bad. I mean, there's just things that you really can't control. And small business entrepreneurship is the same way. Um, it, you want to believe always that you put in the work and the result will come, you know, and I think that's what training, you know, we do that. And and in by and large, you know, like you can say that when you put in the work, the result that comes, you should be proud of whether or not it's the result you wanted, it's something you can be proud of. And so in the last company I was a part of, I've been in the, in the endurance, um, athletic health, fitness tech space, my entire career. So the last company I worked for, um, that was what we did. We built fitness technology, um, you know, and definitely it's like anything in my life. I put 110 million percent of myself into it, just uh, how I'm wired. And so it is really hard, just like in your athletic pursuits, when you put everything into it and you don't quite get the result you're looking for. Um, but I don't regret any of it because you 
you, <laughs> you still achieved something big in terms of you put forth effort to, to see what you could possibly do. And I, I, I don't know, like even on race day, if I don't hit the time, it was worth seeing what was possible. Right. And so, um, while it's hard, I think the two actually as cheesy as it is mimic each other so much. Um, and small business is so much like the journey of an athlete. It's not the same as when you work for some big company and you're just kind of like, here's what you're supposed to do today from nine to five, you know, small business. It's, it's totally like training for a marathon, you know, it's just like you get curveballs all the time. There's no guarantees, you know, you could completely, uh, be derailed by an injury and it's done just like a startup all of a sudden runs out of money and sorry, it's done. Um, so I think the two actually have made me, um, both, I mean, obviously appreciate the journey and make sure that I still, uh, am doing it for the right reasons, but also have made me better on both ends. You know, I'm a better athlete for, for the failures. I'm a better business woman for the failures. Um, and I don't even call them failures. I, I hate that word. It's not a failure, right? It's just, you know, like we have expectations and those expectations aren't always necessarily what we get, but that doesn't actually make it right or wrong or good or bad. Right. It's just, it's part it's of a the pivot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's hard when you put your heart and soul into things. And I think any athlete can, relate to that. You know, if you're trying to qualify for Boston and you put everything into it and you miss it by 30 seconds, like, was it a waste? No, it wasn't. You know, does it suck? Yes. <laughs> I mean, particularly when it's like 30 seconds or like my recent business experience, it's like six years and you're like, Oh, was that all for nothing? And I had so many friends be like, no, Brianna, you've changed lives. You've done so much. It's not for nothing, but sometimes you go there in your brain and, um, you just have to remember that that that's not why you were doing it, you know, in the first place, you yes, you want to qualify for Boston, but truly what you want to do is see what you're capable of. And if you come darn close, that's pretty awesome, you know? So, um, it's, it, and, I, and I mean, that's, it makes it sound almost sugar-coated in a way because it really does suck, you know, when things don't work out the way they, that you want them to, but you know, at the end of the day, like we have to pursue these things. Like the alternative is, is not pursuing them. And that sucks more to me. Like, I'd rather fail. I really would than not do it at all. And because along the way I learned so much, I had tons of fun along the way there. I mean, obviously there were times that weren't so great, but big picture, tons of fun, just like training tons of fun. And I, you, I don't ever want to lose sight of that. So, um, yeah, I've learned a lot. <laughs> you have an amazing attitude. And I have to say like, since the second I had met you, right. And I hadn't even had a chance to talk to you like face to face yet. I could just tell you have this energy about you. So I'm not surprised that you would take something like this and like turn it into a positive outlook because that just seems to be authentic to you. And also this drive you have is just incredible. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. And I never would have thought about the analogy you know, of those two, uh, I, I think that's very fascinating. So <laughs> it's, it's funny how life mimics like so many things in different, you know, whatever we're doing. And it's, you know, for me as an athlete and a business person, those are my two things, but it could be anything, right? Like if you're a musician or you're an artist or you're a photographer, like there's just so much that goes into these endeavors and a lot of it is unseen, right? You know, it's like everyone sees the finished product. But they don't see all the other stuff. And um, as I've gotten older, I mean, I am 
it's funny. I think about it. It's like when I was 25, I'm not sure if my perspective was as, as it is now, you know, but, um, as I've aged, I've, I've started to realize, and like up this experience in particular, uh, what really matters, you know, it's like, I don't know, I could be gone tomorrow and I need to focus on the things that matter, you know? And so it, there are things that you can, you can dwell on, but it's not going to go anywhere. You know, it's like, you know, that where that road goes. And so it's, it's good to, to feel the feels they always say, right? Like you got to have that and you got to let out the frustrations. And I definitely do that. And anytime I have, you know, my quote unquote failures, um, again, not really a failure, but, um, but then it's like, okay, let the feels out. I, I had a coach, um, who used to say you get one hour, like after a bad race, you get one hour to like cry and be mad and then just let it go. Like it happened, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. That's where you get, maybe get it from. Then it sounds like that person influenced Definitely. you. Like, sometimes like, I get, okay. sometimes it's more than an hour, but you know, the idea is like, <laughs> let it go, let it go. You know, <laughs> like, <gasps> Hey, I love it. Hey, that's a bonus of the, uh, a soundtrack. Right, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what happens when you hold things in too much? It's like, it's destructive, right? And so um, as as hard as it is sometimes to let certain things go, it's always like context. And I try to always put things in context. Like, does this really matter? Like in the big picture, like what, where am I putting the weight? And oh my gosh, you know, the one thing you've probably had this, when something happens in your life that um, is really impactful, like, you know, losing your job, like all the layoffs that have been happening. I mean, gosh it's a hard thing, right? You find out who your real family is because these people come and they just like embrace you in every way. Like, how can I help? Let me do this. Let me do that. I mean, the person who connected us, Pam, she is one of my angels. Like she just immediately is like, how can I help you? Um, and then you realize that all the energy you put out will come back to you when you need it. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. I don't know if I would have realized all the support I have had this not happened. It was such an eye-opening thing to see the people who really care about you and then realize the people who are, it's like, okay, so, you know, they're acquaintances or whatnot, but they don't have that level of like, how can I help you? I'm here for you. And that's such a beautiful thing. And you only, I don't want to say you only get that in crisis or downtimes, but you really feel it during those times, right? And maybe that's the important time for it. Like, you know, you just made me realize that, that, you know, like, so you're in this moment that's really intense and could be like sad. It's a mix of emotions that are not good emotions. We'll just say that. Right. And then you have those people in your life to your point that are comforting. And I, I really never thought of it till you said it, how, that's when you want those people really yes. when you're happy, it's great to have them, but like, you don't really need them necessarily. And I'm not meaning this in a bad way. Like when you're already like, all right, woo, everything. Right. Cool. Give me a high five. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that like those more bummer moments that it, it it's, you know, nice to have those people in your life show up and be there, you know, I agree. It's, I mean, it's been like truly humbling. I mean, I, I mean that in every way. It, I mean, it like totally brought me to tears. Like, you know, obviously the, my recent situation brought me to tears and then, cause I just given so much of myself to it. I mean, late nights, holidays, like the way our business was, uh, you didn't have holiday because our busiest season was during Christmas, New Year's. And so I, my birthday is the day before Christmas. I could not celebrate my birthday for the last six years. 
didn't, didn't really have a Christmas, did not have a new year's. I mean, you just couldn't because our business depended on that time of year. And so I was working 24 seven during those, those times. And so like, there's definitely like when the, when it all kind of came to an end, like there's this emotional, like, oh my gosh, I just gave so much for six years, but then the embrace of all the people that really cared, it just, I mean, it truly humbled me. And I just, I was like, I am so lucky. Like, and to, to have that situation show me that, like, I'm really glad I learned that because I just don't know if I would have realized, which is sad in a way I'm like, we need to pay attention more to the people who care about us. Right. Like you really need to keep our eyes open to the people who care and the people, I don't want to say don't care, but the people who, who aren't in that, that, that space, like just be careful where you spend your energy, right? Like spend your energy where that energy is being appreciated. And then where it's not, it's, it's okay to not spend as much time there. Cause we only have so much energy to give, um, and, and to truly give. Right. And so it just really helped me realize the people that I need to not neglect and um, just be present for as much as I can, you know, because I think when we give of ourselves in certain ways, like to this job, like I wasn't as present as I could have been for some of my friends, for sure. And I regret that, you know, and so it's reminded me to be more present for the people who are present for me, you know, and bless them oh, for I being present that. for me, you be know, present. Yeah. Yeah. Be present for the people that are present for you. That's a pretty powerful way of looking at it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You, you were doing the best you could at the time. Yeah. So like, it, you know, it wasn't purposeful. And like you said, now you have a chance to like, you know, turn it around for friends, like how they're doing it for you. So yeah. it's all good. Exactly. <laughs> I know. And they, and they love me regardless, which again, I I'm so lucky. <laughs> I'm like true friends, true friends. <laughs> like, you know, they love you when you're snotty and boogery after the, the run, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Still give you a hug. <laughs> I love those friends. Yes, me too. That like do not care. You're like, wow, you're hugging me when I'm gross. Like it's, I know it's a silly analogy, but really it's like in all your glory, they're still there to give you the hug. And you sometimes you're like, but I'm sweaty. And they're like, no, I want to give you a hug. You know, <laughs> that's the best. It is. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you have this like you know, this time now to whether you had planned this, you know, yourself or not. Right. So you get this like chance to start fresh and I'm hoping that you get these celebrations back in your life, like your birthday moving forward Thank you. Yeah. because now it's your time. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, you know, you, you have, um, the business and you, um, you know, I have the competitions, but you are also an instructor, like I had mentioned, um, at the University of Colorado Boulder. Um, and I was wondering if you could share, like, you know, in, in that role, you also have like mentoring. Um, what is that experience like for you? I love it. Um, I love giving back, but I love working with students in particular. Um, there's it's I started teaching at the university in 2017 and I, it was kind of like hesitantly, I had someone reach out um, at the university. So the class that I teach, the purpose of it, it's a senior capstone class. The seniors have to take it in order to get their business degree. And uh, the whole purpose of the class is they actually have to come up with a business idea, build the business, write a full business plan, and then pitch it in front of real investors. Um, yeah, it's it's a really fun class. And the university purposely tries to find people in the business community to teach it 
because that they think, well, what better person to teach that than somebody who builds, has built businesses or is building a business or is part of a small startup or, you know, the startup community. Um, so it's kind of cool how it's set up. And then, you know, as I was, you know, reached out to do this, as I, as I kind of hesitantly did it, it was this realization of just like all the energy that these students have and the ideas. And I just, it's like, it reinvigorates you, you know, cause sometimes when you're in the corporate grind, even in a small business, there's, there is a grind. You forget about the like wide-eyed, you know, like idea, like excitement sometimes. And so the students remind you of that and they really like value your input. It's really cool. You know, sometimes in the business world, some people get chips on their shoulders a little bit and you give them an idea and they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. I know, I know better than you. I've been doing this longer whatever. Like, okay, well, but these students like really are, wow. You know, they really want to listen and learn from you. And it's, it's, I mean, maybe a little selfish, but it's really cool. Cause you feel like you might have this small sliver of influence to help them in their career later down the road. And so, so yeah, I teach this course. Um, I have a blast doing it. And then I'm also um, on the board of directors for Startup Colorado, which actually services rural businesses. And um, I love that because it's almost the same kind of concept. You know, in Colorado, we have a really strong entrepreneurship community that happens to be really focused in Boulder and Denver, obviously the bigger cities. There's tons of resources. There's accelerators and pre-accelerator programs and, you know, pitch competitions. And I mean, you name it, it's happening in Denver and Boulder. Um, but in the rural areas, it's not as much yet. There are some really cool business owners and innovators, um, out in rural Colorado. I mean, there are some, like, there's one business that I'm mentoring right now that they have an idea that they've, they've already gotten millions and millions of dollars in funding that could change the way we do regenerative agriculture. I mean, it's just so cool. Yeah. And, and so it's the same kind of thing. You've got these rural entrepreneurs that don't have all the resources and are, are the same. They're really excited to get your help. They really value it because um, they don't necessarily have all the resources. Um, so that's been really fun just to be a part of that ecosystem um, and see what people are inventing in you know these pockets of the middle of nowhere. You know, it's just really cool. Um, so yeah, I just love that giving back. It's still sometimes I get the imposter. I'm not going to lie. I get the imposter syndrome sometimes where I'm like, do I, do I really have something to give back here? You guys are really smart, you know, like, I yes, don't you know, do. you know, but, but I, I go, I'm like, whatever, just, just do what you can, you know? Um, but sometimes, I mean, there are some really smart people out there that are doing things that, I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't even understand what you're doing, but this is really cool, you know? <laughs> But it's nice that like you, they have your support, your experience. And so it's not like they have the support of someone that doesn't can't relate to where they're coming from or where True. they want to get to. Correct. Yeah. You know, so as much as they might, um, let's say, keep you excited with their like wide eyed enthusiasm, you know, your value to them is equal, if not more. So thanks, Kimberly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah I mean it's definitely fun to be able to tell them I mean some of the questions you'll get it's you can tell they just haven't been there yet of having to go through rounds of investment or what to do in certain situations with you know founders you know what happens when you're trying to build your business and you have a disagreement and there's a lot of just things and then organizational which is where I definitely have a lot of experiences how do you structure the company to be efficient and profitable and those types of things I love helping with because I've probably made every mistake under the sun and learned 
Well, at least it makes it worthwhile, right? Yes. Like if you made the mistake, someone could benefit from hopefully not making them. You exactly. Know, yeah. I know. Cause what I always tell people when I was in school, we did not have all these programs. Like I tell the students first class, like, do you know how lucky you are that there's a class at your university that you build a business plan and pitch it in front of investors? Like that did not exist when I was in school. So like, it's like real world shark, total tank. real world shark tank. We actually call it shark tank at the end of the semester. It's shark tank. And it's, yeah, it's like, and, and I, and the winning team actually gets $2,500 from the university to, to spend however they want, which I don't know how many of them actually spend it on the business idea, but there have been businesses that have actually made it uh, and gone out of the university. It's pretty cool. So, oh, that's very cool. And yeah, you're hoping they're taking advantage of that win, you know, with because, you know, Kickstarter and all this other stuff, like people would be really, um, you know, happy if they had an opportunity to have some funds to get them going. So the one thing that's always been hard for me in the business world is, you know, like in sport, um, you know, you, you know, if you do X workouts and, and why strength training and all that kind of stuff, you do these things and you couldn't kind of guarantee a certain level of fitness, um, in, in business and in life, you could put all this effort in and you may not get the job, right. You may not get noticed. You may, there's a lot of networking and knowing people and getting introduced and you can put all this work in. And if no one knows about it or sees it and you don't meet the right people, it, sometimes it's like that, you know, and I, I've always struggled with that because somebody be like, Brianna, you got a network. It's sometimes about who, you know, and I'm just like, oh, I just want to do the hard work and have it be recognized, you know, <laughs> like I don't, I'm, I, I magically, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert actually. And I just, I don't, you know, like social things always, I have to, it's a lot of energy output for me and I have to kind of amp myself up. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, we all have to do. And it's, it's how I've gotten to certain places for sure is just constantly networking and talking to people. And, um, and I'm not great at it because I could do it much more, but, um, that's kind of how I, I got into the startup Colorado role, um, was just my constant, just keeping my, my name forefront. You know, I think that's how a lot of board roles kind of end up happening is you're just keeping, keeping your name in the conversations in certain communities. Um, and then making sure that you keep your resume, you know, filled with things that would be valuable for that, you know, board seats, they, they're looking for people who have a certain experience, right? Like I couldn't be on the board of directors of like a food company because I know nothing about, it, you know, um, you know, so they, they look for people with the expertise. Yeah. Relevant expertise. So I, this is a great role because I definitely have the, the startup business, you know, expertise. So. I think that's um, such a wonderful, honest share for me, though, because I think people like I, you know, you seem so outgoing and stuff. I would have never guessed that like you're shy about promoting yourself, let's say. And um, I think that's really important for people to hear because uh, there's so many people that would probably think the same as you and go, oh, well, then never mind, because I, you know, but you prove otherwise. So <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes hard, you know, if, if, if for the introverts out there, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 you can do it, but it takes a lot of energy and you can't do it to the level that the more extroverted people can. And, you know, like if I do go to an event, I have to really decompress from it. Um, and I get nervous. I, I hate talking about myself. I mean, that is by far 
it's just not something I'm comfortable. Like when I see the world of social media um, now and how people are very much, there's, there's a realm of self-promotion that happens, even if you're not a brand at all, you're just kind of posting things. And I mean, if you look at my Instagram and stuff, like I rarely post, cause I'm just like, what do I have to say about myself? Like, I don't really, you know, it's just not something I'm comfortable with. And I'm just like, uh, um, like if I have something to say, I'll say it if I think it'll be helpful. But, um, and so it's something I definitely struggle with trying to figure out the balance between making sure that you're putting yourself out there in places that will help you grow. Um, and then, but not, you know, also for me putting myself in situations that just create anxiety or, you know, like that kind of thing, which they're definitely like, I'm somebody who wouldn't go to lots of social gatherings just because it, it definitely creates little like, okay, got a lot of energy here. So, (laughs) Um, well, I think that's really humble of you. Uh, What are some things in that you do to get through those situations because you know you're put in between the um your job as a professor and then your job working on the board right so you come into those scenarios that you know are not as ideal for what you want um what are some like tricks or some mechanisms you use to help you get through those moments that's a really good question um you know, sometimes what I'll, I've tried different things. I mean, I, I definitely try to make a point of setting a limit of how long I'm going to be at an event. If it's like a social event and I'll try to make sure that I leave, like I have a time that I'm going to leave and just be really sticklery about if that's a word sticklery, uh, you know, like, <laughs> hey, I, it is now. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You know, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm going to leave at this time. I also will, um, sometimes remove myself from, you know, conversations if I'm like, okay, I just need a little bit of a break. Um, so I tried to do that as well. And, and I, I practiced that actually at a recent, I went to a, like a pitch night and I had talked to some people and it, the conversation was kind of getting to a point where I was like getting a little tired and I knew the night still had much to go. And I was like, you know, excuse me, I just need to go to the restroom, which I really didn't have to, but it was just a way for me to like exit and like, be able to just like, okay, I, you know, like, I don't need to talk for a little bit because it, the talking just takes, so it would, take so much out of me. And, um, so I try to do that. I, I do give myself quite a bit of like talking before I go to the event as well. Like it's, I cannot tell you, this is going to sound silly. How many times I've gone to something and I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, okay, you can do it. Get out. Come on, get out of the car. <laughs> you know? oh, that's not silly. <laughs> you know, and then I, I do it, you know, it's like, okay, I'm here. Let's do it. You know, but there's definitely times. And I have friends who I've admitted this to after the fact, there's times where I've made excuses for not going to something when I really had no actual excuse. It was just like mentally, I was not in a good place to be social, but it's like, you know, someone's having like a I don't know, like a birthday party or maybe just to get together, you know, like, you know, friends are like, oh, we're just going to all get together and get drinks. And I, you know, I say, sure, I'll come. And then I come up with some reason not to go. Um, and it's not true, <laughs> which I've done, you know, but it's like, cause you just feel so bad, but you're just like, I am too tired. I can't, I've had a long week or whatever. And I'm trying to be better. I've actually, this has been a recent thing for me. I've been trying this year. It's one of my like kind of goals. Um, you know, some people are like uh, resolutions, but my, like, it's a goal for me this year is to just be honest. If, if, and so I've told friends, Hey, I'm just really tired or not in a good mental space. I I'm gonna not come tonight. And I cannot tell you how awesome people like totally get it. 
you, you spend time, go relax. Like Pam, our, our mutual friend is one who's always telling me that she's like, just tell them you're tired. Tell them the truth. You don't need to make something up. And it's like, okay. Okay. And then, and I, I, at first I was like, always afraid to tell people. And then you tell people truly why you're not, and they're like, totally fine with it. If they're a good friend, they're going to be totally fine with it. You know, people are more intuitive than they, people give them credit for. Right. Yes. So like, they're like, I know I'm getting fed a load of BS. It's so refreshing probably to when you do hear and you know, someone's giving you this honest insight into how they're feeling. So how could you not give a person like yourself when you're being honest with them grace to, to, and respect to do what they want, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. I had mentioned about how you're also competitive runner. And, um, I know that you had shared with me a while back, which I was excited to like touch base and see how that's going. You were aiming for, and I love how you said this too, by the way, you're saying how you have these goals for this year, instead of like, you know, putting pressure on like a resolution type thing. It sounds like I love it. You referred to it as goal. Um, and you were saying that in 2023, you want to run in the elite group of the Boston Marathon. So the elite field of the Boston Marathon is an invite. It's an invite only, like they invite you to, re- to run in the elite field. And it's, I mean, it's at the discretion of the elite director, but they do definitely have like a standard of like how fast of a runner they want in their elite field. Cause they obviously want their elite field to be the best of the best, you know, all the ma- major marathons try to kind of curate the best elite field they possibly can. Um, and so, so had you received that invitation? Yeah. So I was invited to run in the elite field. Um, and I, as a master's runner, I'm one of the fastest masters invited in you and us masters in particular, um, the top, two or three master U S runners that was invited. Um, Badass. Yay. (laughs) I'm going to say, you're kind of like, it's funny because it's all relative where you're just like, there's also, so that 222, there is like several women that are just like, I mean, in a different zip code than me. And they're the best of the best of the best. Right. You know, so they're like, there's the field has these 220, 221, 222 marathoners. Right. Um, you know, there's people like Des Linden who's racing, who's won Boston as, you know, and so like you've got some amazing athletes. And I think I kind of took a hiatus from competitive running, um, when I was trying to build one of my businesses, um, and then I got back into sport, but I got it back into it with triathlon. I, I was good at it and I, it was something different. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to take this up and ended up being good at it and going to you know, the Ironman world championships a couple of times. And, but I running is my love. It's what I started doing. And when the pandemic hit, I was like, I just want to run. Like, I, I don't really like swimming and I sort of like biking, but not really. I just was doing it. Cause I was good at it. And the challenge, I love the challenge of trying to be good at three things at, at once. Like that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like, can I do all three in a day? Like this is kind of, I don't know, you know? <laughs> um, and so I loved the challenge, but it definitely, once I did it enough times, I'm like, okay, I did that. And I really just love to run. Like e- even in the Ironmans, I couldn't wait for the run. I'd be like, get me off this bike so I can run, <laughs> you know, cause it's just what I love. So when the pandemic hit, I just, I went back to what I love doing, you know, the pools were closed anyway. And I just was like, I'm just going to run. And so I got back into my running and I had all these goals that I had set a long time ago when I was in college and I just business got in the way injuries. I, I have been very injury prone in my life and 
injuries would get in the way and I just, you know, just never reached them. And so I had no objective to reach any of these goals that I'd set, but I just started running and it's like, gosh, I'm getting fitter than I think I've ever been. And that's when I, you know, I was like, well, I'll sign up for a marathon. And I signed up to do CIM and first, you know, real go at the marathon ran 233. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that is a goal. I did something that I like, I'd always wanted to do. And I just did it. And it was, I think it was because I was doing what I love. I had no like true, like you must do this kind of expectation. You know, for me that, I don't know, there's just something that was so beautiful about being able to do that. And so I have, you know, again, like with the Boston, you have these runners that are running at a different level, but to me, it doesn't matter. Like I'm already living the dream that I had of running what I did and they're going to be way up the road. There's still going to be, I'm still, there's plenty of people in the elite field that will, I'll be able to run with because there's also a lot of two thirty marathoners like me. Um, but I, I have such an appreciation number one for what they're doing, but just to be there, like, I'm just like to be in the same race with these people. That is a dream like an absolute dream. And, uh, that's all I need, you know, like I don't even have to run fast, like just to have been able to have the opportunity to be invited to run with these amazing athletes. It's something I never expected to do at this age. You know, I'm 44 now. And that was a goal I had in my twenties, you know? And so to do it now, like, it's just all icing on the cake, you know, it's like, and I think that's, it's a hard thing for people who are in their late twenties, early thirties that are in the prime of their career. Like it's a lot more intense, but for me, it's like, I've already like far exceeded and just so excited that I get to do it. Um, and so it just makes it just such a like honor and a privilege to be able to run with people like that. I mean, just even stand on the starting line with 220 marathoners, you know, like they're going to be gone in a second, but I mean, I get to stand on the line for like a few seconds with them. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I love everything about that. Like that you are doing something that you had a goal to do in your twenties and you're doing it in your forties, totally badass. that you didn't give up on it. You just like kept it on that back burner. Like you didn't let your career like ruin that goal of yours either. And I, I think it's so cool too, how like you don't even think of these things. Like you're so excited to be involved in these moments that it seems like you're distracted and more like into the experience than the performance. And that's like, kind of, it seems like the, the, you know, like the cherry on the Sunday type yeah. thing, you know, like the end performance to you. No, thank you, Kimberly. You know, you said it perfectly. Cause it, I don't know. It's just all fun now, you know? And I, I, I definitely think the one thing you just like you, like I was telling you with my, my job experience, learning, you know, the people who really care about you and how important that is. I think also having hit these goals later in life, it, you know, you hear people say this and it's just so hard to really believe it until you experience it. That kind of like, it's never too late, you know, like, you know, those, those 40 under 40 lists. It's like, well, what, what about 40 over 40? Like, what can you do after that? And I literally prove to myself that it's not too late. You know, I, I hit goals that I had 20 years ago. And it's just kind of like, like, if you want to do these things, like, again, I didn't have the objective to do it. So it, in all honesty, you have to kind of embark on it knowing maybe you won't, but you definitely won't if you don't try. And I honestly am living proof that it's not too late because I did it in spite of my age. And I, I think we put out too much on age anyway. It's like, I've learned I mean, if you really think about in longevity terms, like, I mean, I'm only halfway through my life, technically, if I live to the, you know, I'm only 50% through. Yeah. So I'm still, I'm a young pup, right? Like, (laughs) 
keep those goals coming. Keep going after whatever the heck you yes, want. I say. Yeah. So it's just, I think we just, I don't know. It's like these arbitrary. One of the things I teach our students, it's always been a pet peeve of mine is in the business world, usually in the really bigger, big businesses um, or mid-sized, they, there's always these people like, well, this is how you do this. Like, this is how everyone does this. Like this, this is the rule. And I'm like, who says? Like, there is no rule that you should do your invoicing this way. You know, it's just how people do it. But is that the best way for you? I don't know. You know, it's like, that that's not a rule. And so like, why do we have this rule that we say like, oh, you can only run fast when you're 35? Like, what? Who says? Who says? Like, really? You know, so I think sometimes like, I just, I get, like in the business world, I always hated the like, well, this is how we do things. And I'm, I'm like, I'm always the inquisitive, like, well, why? Like, says who? It seems kind of silly actually for what we do. Can we do it differently? Could we try? Like, and then if it doesn't work, we can go back to how everyone does it, you know? I like your questioning. People should question things like yeah. that. You know, I mean, that's how we get innovations anyway. And by trying to do it a little bit different or thinking, oh, you know what? This isn't really working how I need it. What if I do it this way? You know, I mean, some of the best ideas came from people being like, this sucks. Let me do it better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's true. If everything was like smooth sailing, like what lessons would there be to learn, you know? So even though it stinks when you're learning the lesson sometime in the moment you feel that way, you're like, well, you know what? Like apply it and keep it moving to whatever else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you just, yeah. And I think being willing to try something in a different way is kind of fun anyway, too. Like, you know, like particularly in a big business when there's a lot of process and procedure, it can get very mundane and, um, you know, just hard to, you know, be motivated when it's just <clears throat> one of the things I've always loved about like startup. And I think even just like in what we're talking about, with, like athletic goals is um, it's kind of fun to try something different and just see what happens. Cause you just, I don't know, like there's the experimentation within reason, you know, obviously there's things where you got to be careful if you're a startup and you only have so much money from an investor, you got to be careful how much you experiment. But I mean, experimentation is sometimes how you get the best ideas or the best outcomes. And to that point, okay, so those two intertwined things, has there been a lesson from business that was like a really cool lesson that you could apply to your running passion or vice versa? Was there like uh, this like big like lesson learned through all your training for all the races that you could apply to business? Yeah, I mean, both. And I, I mean, particularly in endurance sports, it's a lot of continually getting after it and being really patient, right? Like you, you're not going to see results overnight. Nothing is instant. It takes a lot of dedication and, you know, and you have to deal with the setbacks and gosh, sport just mimics life so much. You learn so much from it. That's why I love seeing kids be active in sports or just do, even if it's on a recreational level, cause you just learn so much that, that truly relates and small business is so much like sport in terms of, it's just not like, nobody has it all laid out for you. There's, there's the, this kind of like risk that you're taking and you don't know how it's going to turn out. And you have to be super persistent and super patient and sometimes put in a lot of extra work that nobody sees and there's no guarantee, you know? So it's a friend of mine who is an investor and he, they always, not always, I shouldn't say always, but one of the things that they do a lot is recruit athletes for their investment firm because they, they feel like athletes, what they learn in terms of juggling their, you know, sport with school and 
um, persistence and perseverance and dealing with injuries and teamwork, right? Like all of, you know, if you're in a team sport, it all just mimics so well. And so they just know that they already have skills that are necessary to be successful in a scrappy business situation, um, which is what I feel startup is. Like when you work in a large company where you kind of have a defined role and there's not a lot of scrappiness required, it's different. But when you're in the small business world, like you really do have to be scrappy and you have to wear a million hats, you know, you have to just clean the toilets, right? Like you have to do all of it, right? You can't. The non-fun The non The non-glamorous. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually kid you not had an employee uh, in my first business who at one point was like, I, I don't want to clean the toilets anymore. And I'm like, um, well, I clean the toilets. So you're going to have to too. There's only four of us. <laughs> like somebody, we got to, <laughs> we got to share the load. You know, and I think, you know, had that person kind of had more of that team mentality learning, you know, I think sport just does that so much. Um, you know, they might not have said that maybe, but um, I've learned so much through sport that I've applied in business and and vice versa. I mean, in business, like you have to be patient and you, in terms of what you have to bring to the table to be successful. Now, uh, Colorado is a pretty active area, um, you know, so are your students, um, you know, they could probably like relate to those lessons and analogies. And do you see now it's only been five years, so no pressure on the students that have come through you in five years. But can you tell like from that early on who has a business that, you know, one day you might see it being like just super successful or has a really good shot? For sure. And I mean, there's always going to be kids who surprise you. Um, but those attributes uh, in class kind of shine through, you know, you can definitely see that in certain kids and how they approach their assignments, how they ask questions. <clears throat> yeah. And so you can kind of get an inkling of, you know, who's going to be that that kid who's definitely like, if it's not this idea, it's something else, right? Because they're just that kid. You know, but that said that, you know, I've seen this in my life where the the, the person who they just shocks you, like they weren't the motivated kind of person and you tried and you, you know, they, you know, maybe didn't have the background that would align, like, you know, they weren't the athlete that gets hired because they were an athlete, um, but then they become wildly successful. And I, so I, you know, it's never too late. It's also like, you never count anyone out, like just because their attributes at that time don't line up, that doesn't mean that they're not going to do something great. And so I, I definitely sometimes even with the kids that don't seem as motivated, I try to put even a little bit extra into just because like, I think sometimes they don't realize what they can give, or, you know, even if they're not in the space to give it at that time, I want them to know that they could. Because sometimes kids aren't motivated because they're just not in the right space at that time. Like they need the the right space to get that motivation. And maybe my class is not it. I mean, the other professor I teach with, we both always say like, we don't expect everyone to like what we teach. Like it's impossible. Like that you can't not just like with friends, not everyone's going to think you're the coolest, right? <laughs> but that's okay. It's okay. Like I, from an anxiety standpoint, my first business, I learned early on, I always wanted to please everybody. I've always been that like every customer must be happy. We must do whatever we, and then I realized, oh wait, not everybody will be happy. It's just that's just reality and you have to be okay with it and just know, did I do the best I could? Did I provide the best service I could? Okay. I did, you know, just it's okay. Right. And so lesson learned. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a little bit. Cause at first I was like, no, everyone must be happy, you know? And then, you know, like there's just some people who are just not going to be happy. You got to make peace with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's going to be students that aren't going to necessarily resonate at the time, but that doesn't mean later on they won't, or they won't be successful or that something that you did won't click 
down the road. So, um, yeah, I feel like regardless, like the, you know, I can see like good things in all the students and some are definitely a little bit more exciting to teach at the, in the moment than others, but, um, cause they're just so engaged and others are just kind of like, meh. <laughs> Well, they're so lucky to have you because, you know, your attitude, you know, like, like everything you're, you have such a just great attitude overall, but like to see the potential in students and give them, you know, the space to, you know, catch on or find their way instead of discounting them or writing them off. Like, I I would love to have a instructor like you, because I think that's really nice, you know? Thank you. It's one of those things actually I was, I, I learned it too. just, I, I coached high school track a long time ago and uh, you see students that kind of get, that's a different environment, right? Because you're just you're their coach, but you can see sometimes the student come to practice defeated because of, you know, class and you kind of talk with them and they've, you know, just had whatever experience. And I'm like, you know, sometimes these kids, even if they don't show it at the time, just need you to give them your all as best as you can, because you just never know. And I've seen some kids that, so from that, like, cause that was years ago, I've seen kids that definitely were kind of beaten down in school. And I think have found like some sort of bark from when they came to track practice and now, oh my gosh, they're so successful, you know, oh. you know, like you can see that they found, you know, their spark in other places and just to see them be successful is really, really cool. And so I, I feel like that is our job for sure as educators um, to give the best we can, you know, to every student, regardless of if they're able to give it back because you just, you just never know. And yeah, I wish that that was more the case. I mean, same thing in work, you know, like if you have, I've had this before and I'm definitely guilty of not always doing the best job, but um, when you have an employee that's not motivated, you know, like you have to ask yourself, what are you giving back to that employee? You know, how am I helping them be their best? What environment are they in? And sometimes they're just not in the space to give you their best. But if you give your best at the time, maybe down the road, they're going to be working for someone where they can, you know. But for you to be so thoughtful that you even consider that, I think that's pretty amazing, you know. Thank you. You know, I sometimes like there's uh, I also think how I would want somebody to kind of because my my, one of my frustrations, too, is and I think you probably really is a woman in business. There's definitely times where I've wanted to be treated a certain way. And I just didn't, I hate saying that, but it's, it's true. Like I've definitely had those because I've definitely been in a male dominated industry too, being in fitness technology and technology in general. It's hard. I think if anything, like whatever respect I haven't gotten or energy I haven't gotten, I'm like, you know what, let me at least try to give it myself. And that might sound kind of cliche, but it's like, if I can give it myself, maybe I'm setting some sort of example of how I would want to receive it. And you can't make people like, there's people who just aren't going to do that. I've learned that lesson. Like I've worked with people who it's just not going to happen. And I have to be okay with that, that they're not going to give me the respect that I thought I earned. And it's hard to not beat yourself up over it. Like what else do I have to do to earn that respect? You know, but I do not want to be that person for the student to feel that way or the employee to be like, what do I have to do to get Brianna to earn my respect? It's like, I don't want to, because I know how terrible that feels. You have like so much going on, right? And spring is coming soon to be followed by summer because time just seems to be passing so fast. So what do you have coming up that you'd like to share with listeners like that you're stoked about in any of those areas that you're involved in? Yeah. I mean, obviously Boston Marathon, April 17th, I'm kind of sustained a little bit of an injury. So hopefully I will be okay. But if not, I'm going to enjoy 
whatever I can do. And then I started a new job. Um, I was given the CEO position of a, a company called Faraday Enterprises. And we're actually, the reason why I took that was I've really been interested in the um, sustainability, climate, energy space. And uh, this company, we're going to be trying to do some work there. So there's a lot of overhaul I have to do. Uh, so the company is in that space is brand new, but I'm really excited to see what I get to do with it. So I am so grateful for your time today and, you know, um, you sharing your story with the Unplugged listeners. I, if they want to check out and learn more about Brianna, please go to her IG page at Brie Bamer. Well, thank you for taking the time to unplug with me today, Brianna. Thank you, Kimberly. It was my pleasure. You're awesome. So that's, oh, I loved it. Thank you. Back at you. Awesome. And to my listeners, remember, be curious, be kind, and be bold.